How about that cigar? How about that cigar? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 134 of How About That Cigar Live. Thank you so much for joining us live on Facebook, live on YouTube. And for those of you listening after the fact on the audio podcast, thanks so much for listening while you drive down the road or work out, whatever it is you do when you listen to your favorite audio podcast. Thank you so much for listening. The Drew Estate Cigar Studio is on the road today at Hemingway Social Club in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, beautiful club. So if you guys are in the area, make sure to check it out. And let's remind you again about the beautiful new size of the Drew Estate's Deadwood Leather Rose. The boldest of the four bewitching Deadwood sisters is showing off a new side of her sultry personality with Drew Estate's launch of the Deadwood Leather Rose Petite Corona. The spiciest of the Deadwood ladies, Leather Rose features a rich Maduro wrapper around an aromatic and exotic blend of aged, dark, air-cured tobaccos Ooh. that offers an enchanting and bold, sweet profile with notes of cedar, oak, white pepper, and earth that will leave you longing for more. The 4x43 Deadwood Leather Rose Petite Corona will be presented in 24-count boxes with an MSRP of $6.95 per cigar. For more info, please visit DrewEstate.com. So, Garrett, episode 134. 134. We are on the road again. And so there was a no. little bit of, no, <clears throat> there was a little bit of, we got it. There's a little bit of football yesterday. Um, and both our teams. I'm more disappointed <laughs> in your team than I am my team. Well, how I'll be I, honest. I'm wondering why that is, though, because my team was, so uh, for those of you guys who don't know, uh, I am a Green Bay Packers fan, and Garrett is a Minnesota Vikings fan. Um, and so my team was playing with a backup quarterback um, and still managed to at least sort of make a game out of it. If it wasn't for our defense, then we would have lost by 40 points. 100%. Uh, our defense played a great game, but the, so. the offense just could not put it together. Um, I do not think um, – I'll say this. I know it's only one game, but love is not the answer. <laughs> <laughs> love is, yeah, Jordan, Jordan Love is not the answer for our, for the future of the franchise. Um, uh, your team, the Vikings, just couldn't seem to put it together. Game planning. It was, I mean, game planning was, it was atrocious. Do you think your coach is on the? Absolutely. He's on block? the hottest of hot seats. Yeah. And not only you know, not only the head coach, but also, and I'll give, I mean, Kubiak Jr., it's his first, you know, it's his rookie year as an offensive coordinator. I'm sure he's got good stuff, but uh, the way that the offense was running, I, I don't think he has the chops right now. So that's, yeah, that's my story and I'm sticking to it, <laughs> but our wild. Yes. That is a huge bright spot. Oh, Hello. Oh, goodness. And look at that cello. Yeah. So I got to thank uh, our Did friend you dip Red. that in caramel? Uh, I'm, I don't know. But um, uh, our friend Red, who uh, also has a private cigar club here in, in the Minneapolis area, uh, gifted me the cigar last Sunday. Uh, and it's one of the Padron 90th uh, in the tube, the natural. And this cellophane is like brown. It's not even yellow. It's brown. So thank you, Red, for this cigar going to fire it up right now uh yeah the minnesota wild are eight, they're eight and three they're playing really well um but again i hope it 
I hope it translates into the rest of the season because the wild tend to start out hot and then just kind of fall apart. Yep. So, you know, we'll see how it goes. It hasn't been this hot. This is this, this is pretty good. This is pretty great. Uh, congrats to the Atlanta Braves for winning the World Series. Thank um, you for beating. Thank you for beating Houston. Mm-hmm. We appreciate that. Because, um, yeah, I'm not going to go into it. But thanks for beating Houston. Um, so I think. Oh, I'm so it's ready. It's definitely time. So uh, let's have our special guest of the evening. And as always, special guests on How About That Cigar Live are brought to you by Corona Cigar Company and CoronaCigar.com, the Internet's largest and easiest to use virtual cigar store. Corona Cigar Company offers you the finest handmade cigars, humidors, and cigar accessories at the absolute lowest possible price. You'll also find unique and limited cigars containing Florida sun-grown tobacco. As a proud American... President and founder of Corona Cigar Company, Jeff Borshowitz, believed it was possible to bring cigar tobacco farming back to Florida. At Corona Cigar Company and CoronaCigar.com, you'll find the best selection anywhere in the world of cigars containing this special Florida sun-grown tobacco. If you live in Florida or are just visiting, be sure to visit any of the great Corona Cigar locations in downtown Orlando, Sand Lake, Lake Mary, and also the Davidoff of Geneva Lounge in Tampa. For more info on all of that, please visit coronacigar.com and floridasungrown.com. Ladies and gentlemen, if you would please put your hands together and welcome back to How About That Cigar Live from Smoke In, Honest Abe DeBabna. What's up, fellas? Brother, we uh, we thank you a lot for coming on short notice. Um, your time is valuable to us and we we appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure, guys. What's going on? Life is good, man. It's it's uh it's fall, uh, and usually it's pretty uh it's it's already pretty cold here normally at this time of year. By early November, we're already looking at you know snow in a lot of cases. Yep. Uh it hasn't been that yet. It's still pretty nice out, although we're looking at a snowstorm coming yeah. this weekend. Today was the first like cool, cool day. We had a cool day. I walked out early this morning. I'm like, ooh. I mean, it didn't warrant any change of clothing, but it was noticeably cool. And remind us what uh, Florida city you, do you uh, hail West from? Palm. West Palm Beach. Okay. West Palm Beach. So, yeah, I mean, we've been in the 60s. Um, yeah. Which is, I mean, it's fantastic fall weather. I haven't put on a jacket yet this year. Um it's been awesome. And the cigar industry, you guys, is booming. Yeah. From big time. You know, and I'm sure a big indicator, Abe, you'll be able to tell us how sales are right now. But you know, what are the trends that you're seeing right now in sales? The trends I'm seeing is nobody has product. <laughs> That's the yeah. trend I'm seeing. Now you know what? I really shouldn't say nobody. It's really starting to loosen up, but not really like it's nowhere near normal levels. Let's put it that way. You know, um, I, you know, we just opened our new fulfillment center, uh, last week was the first full week we had. And, um, it's literally ironic because I've, I've been saying this, I couldn't have picked a worse time in three decades to say, Hey, let us open a fulfillment center now so that nobody has product to ship us. But that's, that was our reality for the past two months. And um, listen, how, listen, how is the, 
how's the new warehouse shaping up? Because I saw the I saw some of the video and pictures and stuff. It looks it looks like a great facility. I know it I know it was a long time coming because it, it took a little longer than expected to get things up and running and all that. But um, you know, how's how's everything going there in the first week or so? Look, it, it's it's going smooth. I mean, there's nothing catastrophic, but it's just a lot of oh man, we didn't think of that. Oh, we didn't think of that because there was a lot of back end structuring. Like I'll give you a perfect example. Um you know, we were shipping everything out of our stores, which didn't have real-time inventory, right? Because we're pulling from five different locations as we need it. And being here in Florida, if I'm ever out of something, it's literally, let me call the manufacturer, and kind of the next day it's here um, until COVID. And then that, that way of doing business ended promptly. Um, so we had to leave the current inventory level. As we received product, we, we entered the inventory in the warehouse in a different column for the inventory and then after we loaded it all up when we went live we just redirected where the inventory was looking you know for the warehouse but there's a lot of things that we realized that, that were attached to it like for instance we have like a stock notification report where if people want to stock notify when something comes back in stock so like i just did one this evening for the first time to see who's looking for product that's come back in stock and then we we shoot off the emails you know, like if something came back in stock two boxes, I'm not sending 50 stock notifications out. You know I mean? It's just yeah, you yeah. end up pissing off 48 people. So you got to kind of manually do it and look. And as I'm looking at it, I'm looking at these numbers. It's telling me how much is inventory. I'm like, oh, man, this is still this report still points to the old inventory location. So, you know, it's just crap like that. And it's, it's probably honestly, I mean, listen, it was 15 years of web stuff that we just kind of revamped. It's probably going to take a good four to six months before we catch all the little bugs and stuff but it's getting a facelift and makeover what's nice is we bought in a lot of new brands yeah i mean that's one of the beautiful things about having more space and yeah. it's cool to see all these brands that we've never carried people are finding us for it which is nice right because that's what you want you want to expand your reach and being able to service more people and you know when you're limiting yourself to to your the linear footage of what you have in your inventory there's only so much you can have you know, and, um, you know, like, you know, some people always ask me, how come you don't have like uh, Jew Estate factory smokes? Well, when they were in the warehouse, I showed them the section it took up. I'm like, where are you going to put that in a retail store? You know, it was like yeah. 3,000 bundles. I mean, that's what, you know. So um, it's exciting. It's exciting for everybody, but it's still a little learning curve and it went longer. And now we're overlapping into the Great Smoke and those tickets go live. Oh, Friday and other projects, but it's going to be a very interesting end of this year, beginning of next year for our company. Well, that is a fantastic yep. segue. <clears throat> I owe you for that segue because the very next question is, how is everything shaping up for uh, the Great Smoke 2022? You know, once again, oh, that, was, that was my wife. She went to go get more whiskey. <laughs> nice. Yeah, this is what she left in a bottle. What are you going to do with that? That's well, what she left. That's, I mean, that's the child's portion, although ch children can't drink alcohol. But anyway, no. never mind me. Go ahead. Right. Now, um, well, you know, the event we did earlier this year was, was um, really historic. Because, I mean, I even look yeah. back upon it and it's like, we could have laid down and just said, we're not going to do an event. We could have done what some other companies done, companies much bigger than us, and just did a mock event you know but we didn't do that i mean we literally not only had a virtual event, but literally had the biggest great smoke in 15 years 
Mm-hmm. We reached more people, had more people participate, um, and ended up creating history with this seven-hour virtual event. So um, we always knew we wanted to go back to live. Um, so I'm pushing the envelope again because we had so many people email us how they really enjoyed being able to do it from their own home, whether it was safety reasons, whether it was financial reasons. We had a lot of people say, look, I, I can't take off of work for three or four days and yeah. buy a ticket and airfare and hotels and come down. Your event's awesome, but you know, we really hope you continue to do this virtually. So we're going to do something never done before again. We're doing a live and virtual simulcast event so wow it's gonna be it's gonna be kind of like the you know, ryan seacrest new year's where there'll be like a, a center stage area but then they'll go out into the the event area and they'll come back in and um michael herklotz and kim keeney are coming back to reprise the roles oh nice i was gonna ask smoke. yep nice yep um so we'll have um two people out on the floor michael's gonna host four individual segments in a studio and then between those segments, they'll be seeing what's going on on the floor. Everybody will be involved in raffles. Um, people who are at home will get to see what people are there doing live as well as have their own intimate broadcast. So um, once again, trying to do something that has never been done before. But that's what we like. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and and uh, Herklotz did a phenomenal job uh, last year. You, honestly, huge props to you because you, I, I don't know if it's, if you, because I remember before the event that you were, you were saying that you weren't necessarily nervous, but you were just a little uncertain because it was, it was not necessarily in your wheelhouse, but you really played the Jay Leno role to a T. I mean, the, you, no, you were, I, you were the host with the most, definitely. I had no problem performing. I mean, we do our weekly radio show. I mean, right. and talking is natural for me. It was just. I've never done television production, which that ended up literally being is television yeah. production. 100%. And um, yeah. there were so many factors that were out of my control that yeah. had to really not screw up. Listen, we paid $4,000 just for the internet for that day. Mm. For that day, because you had to get wow. special internet and you couldn't you get it there. You have to have there. perfect I mean, was, internet that will not go down under any yeah, they want, Yeah, and they wanted 100 up and 100 down, you know, yeah. and... Um, it, and it was a remote area, so they couldn't do it. And it, it was really, it was, and then the production company like was waiting till the last minute. I was freaking out. That's normal routine for them. They're doing other shows, so they're like, "We're not going to talk to you until we're ready to talk to you." I'm like, oh, "Okay," um, but it all came together. So a, a lot less stress as far as the tele- television production side, but this because it's in two different locations. Listen. What's nice is I don't have 68 segments like we did last earlier this year with the seven hour, you know, straight, straight shoeing. So I don't have 68 segments, but it has to be more choreographed because when they're doing the virtual side, it really has to end right to coincide with maybe the, the fire eaters or the steel drum players that are going on live because then we want the camera to go over there. So it's going to be fun. And, and, yeah. and, you know, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be pretty exciting for people at home and people who are there live. And, uh, you know, like I said, if we pull this off again, I don't think anybody's ever done a virtual and live event at the same time. So it should be very cool. Yeah, that's going to be exciting. Absolutely. Um, one of the things I, I, I want to veer a little bit because it's it's fresh in my head because we talked a little bit about this before we went live. Um, and, you know, we 
we always tell little personal stories about our life and little funny anecdotes and things that have happened to us. And, you know, one of the things we briefly discussed before we went live was, you know, how we proposed to our wives. Well, and, and it, it was me that yeah. said, um, my wife had asked, do you remember that shirt you were wearing when you proposed? <laughs> Are you serious totally, right now? Totally. I still have that shirt. I can't, yeah. I can't fit into it, but I still have it. Zero clue. And so, <laughs> so you actually, you actually remember the shirt you wore. Well, he has, I, I don't. Yeah. He doesn't remember. I he only remember a great it. excuse. I only remember it because I was, it was, it was a, a college theater production and I was in costume. Oh. So I remember oh, what I was wearing it. just because of that. Um, right. But, got but it. you, you said that you have a pretty, pretty, uh, unique proposal story so so give us give us that rundown because i'm curious about I this have, i have i literally have a great story you couldn't time you couldn't it's impossible to have timed my proposal better so give you a little feedback i moved down to florida in 96 and i literally meet my wife the first two weeks i'm in florida um we, we met at a bar we talked like for three hours i ended up asking and she carded me during our chat she didn't believe i was 26 at the time so she literally asked me for my driver's license i asked her i could take her out to dinner she said no let me take her out to lunch so fast forward we're friends for about five years um then after about five years she she eventually moves in and we start dating and we date for five years now five years of living together and anybody who's been with their wives for a long period of time before they get married You'll hear the horror stories of the pressure, <coughs> you know, the hints when you're going to ask, you know, are you getting a rant? You know, all, you, everybody's seen it. Everybody's heard oh, it. Oh, yeah. In five years, my wife never said boo, never hinted, never said a thing, never even joked about it. Seriously, wouldn't even make a joke about it. So I decided on Valentine's Day, it was about five years and four months after she moved in. I was going to propose to her to go out to a nice restaurant. They have botanical gardens behind there and um, had the ring in my pocket. We go through this whole dinner. We walk through the botanical gardens and on the way out. There's a gazebo. I said, let's go stop by the gazebo for a little bit. We stop at the gazebo and, you know, I wrap my hands around my wife. Look at her. I said, you happy, babe? And my wife goes, yeah, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah she said, well you know i know you got your thing and you're doing and you're working hard and you have all these plans and you know yeah, everything is great but you know don't, don't you want to start our lives that's what we talking about we're living every day well i mean you know don't you want to like start a family i mean you know so i'm like are you kidding me <laughs> am i about to propose and my wife for the first time is actually like i took it to the limit like this was the threshold moment where she, after five years she starts to bust my balls about whether or not we're going to get married so of course being the cocksucker that i am i just totally go the other way with it. I'm like no babe what are you talking about people are living longer these days we got time we're no we're no rush no and she, oh, i totally go the other way with it and you know, she, she doesn't want to seem pushy. So, you know, it's, it's always these gentle toes. Yeah, but, you know, I think we need to start because we want to, you know, see our kids grow up and this. And I, I'm giving her every reason why we don't need to get married right now. 
And this goes on for about four, three or four minutes, but you know, yeah, for her, I'm sure it was an eternity. <laughs> and she finally says something. And I just said, you know what? You know what the problem with the conversation we're having right now? You're just not asking the right question. And now she just looks confused. Like, what are you talking about? It's all about having the right question. You, what you're asking is none of the right questions. So now she's starting to get irritated. So, well, what's the right question? And that's when I take the ring out. I pop out. I say, will you marry me? Bro, first time since I've ever known her, she couldn't say anything for about five minutes. She thought it was a joke. It's like, there's no <laughs> way, like, she bringing up this conversation. And I proposed on the same day. It was like, I literally, like, took it to the furthest limit possible without it becoming a conflict. Like, that, to the minute. To the minute. Now, that is if that's not skilled, gentlemen, I don't know what is. That is, I. Thank you. That is that is beautiful. You were so. How long? How many days or weeks had you been carrying that ring around with you? Oh, not long, man. Because I had a jeweler. Okay. That, like you know, I had a jeweler who was like sucked on timing. Like literally, like and everything was like last minute, right? So, um. I wish I had it, but I lost so much weight. I don't wear it anymore. But, um, like, I literally probably picked it up the day before, to be honest with you. Um, and then he insisted on making my wedding band as a gift. And I think we he finished it, like, the day before our wedding. You know, it was this big, gaudy cigar band ring that I never, ever wore because it was just, like, too gaudy. Um, I mean, it, it's cool, like, if you're clubbing in your 20s and want to have a your conversation <laughs> piece. But... You know, it's nothing you're wearing in public. And then, um, oh, man, I think it was our 10th anniversary. So, yeah, I'm going on five years now. My wife measured my finger with string while I was sleeping, took that exact ring, had it melted down and made a beautiful band with it. Um, oh, nice. that, I, that I, Yeah, that I, that I started wearing until I lost about 70 pounds last year, and now I can't wear it until I get it resized. Well, that's a good reason not to be able to wear it. Yeah, oh, yeah, I don't want to lose it. When it, when it. when it started flipping off my hand when I would do this, I'm like, okay, oh, yeah. I gotta put it away. <laughs> and I, I mean, know, I wouldn't have mind. I wouldn't have mind losing it before she had it redone, but I don't want to lose it now. Yeah, yep. I enjoy watching some of the stories and things that you put on about you know your family and and your kids, and it's clear that you absolutely love your family to death and your kids and. Um, I know that you love to cook is cooking something that you love to do with your kids. And are they taking any of that on? No, they all do. In fact, my youngest daughter, that, that veggie, veggie yeah. Met bowl. That yeah. My, my youngest daughter actually helped her make with it. Um, we didn't cook growing up. I mean, when I went to college, I was like the cook for our, you know, the guys on the floor, but you know, that was all like, you know, Raymond based recipes. Yeah. Um, but uh, we didn't cook with my family growing up. My mom really cooked for all of us. But I, 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 I prided my kids from day one to really appreciate food. Um, I grew up eating a lot of crap food. And, you know, I, I, I outgrew it. I really don't eat a lot of, barely any fast food. I got to be really hard up at three in the morning and really dying, you know, to eat garbage food. You know, I don't mind being heavy, but if you're going to be heavy, it's got to be at least quality food, right? Mm -hmm. Amen. So, I, I, I've instilled that in them. My kids have never been to McDonald's. We've never taken to McDonald's. Maybe my in-laws took them, you know, but like, and my oldest two don't want to go there. They appreciate good food. 
and um, I enjoy doing it with them. I enjoy making the lunches. Uh, I had my, my wife was out of town this weekend, so I got up early for KMA, and I made them these breakfast things I just saw on Facebook. And we all did it, and my oldest was helping me, and we just have fun doing it. But I think that the two the two oldest ones have a really good appreciation for good food. Um, the two younger ones are still getting there. They're the ones yeah. that want like when I say, "What do you guys want to have for dinner?" My old listen. My oldest daughter's first restaurant type of food that she knew, and I'm talking about going to the age of maybe four, right, was hibachi. Like, oh, that's what, you know, what do you want to eat? Yeah, hibachi, right? The younger ones are still in the pizza, five guys. You know, they never go, but the older two have, have really got a good good affinity for food, and, and I like taking them out. You know, my wife had a funeral she had to go to a couple weeks ago, and we had nothing to do. I'm like, well, let's go to Capitol Grill. Mm. So I, I let them all get dressed up yeah. at the Capitol Grill, and I make them order. So my 17-year-old is looking at the waiter and telling the waiter, um, I'll start with the lobster bisque, and then for dinner, I'll have the sliced filet. And bro, man, like, I, I want to record this. It's the proudest moment. Old, yeah, man. yeah, he's, he's ordering his stuff. So um, I have fun with them, you know? So, uh, you know, look. Dude. Everybody has a way, but I, I really want to. It's great when you actually just have fun with them. And, yeah. and you know, you, you got to be a parent, which is a tough part. And, you know, you, you want to mentally prepare them and give them all the skill sets and the tools so they can handle all the things that life may bring on them. Yeah. But if you don't have fun along the way, my dad didn't have a lot of fun with me growing up. Listen, my dad was the coolest dude. Like, if you ask any one of my cousins across, the whole family who's the coolest uncle they all say my dad yeah but not but not to us not right. to my brother and myself right. yeah you know i mean earlier this year ever since i left home and grew up and wasn't a child anymore this is the first time my dad ever said hey you want to go on vacation with us I'm like oh really i'm like 50 years old sure you know i mean it's like crazy <laughs> you know they just they, they couldn't be that way with their own kids because they had to be the parent yeah, you know, and they were never they were never not the parent. So I just didn't want to be that way with my kids. You know, they they grew up in a different generation. They were farmers. You know, kids were labor. Oh, harvest looking good. We better have another kid. You know, I mean that's, that's how they were. You know, <laughs> I remember. You know, I've my, said my, this. My, Go ahead. No, I was gonna say my my dad jokes. You know, there was ten of them, and he's like, we used to all sleep in the same room. I don't even know when they were making kids. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So I've, I've mentioned this before and it's still, still true. One of the proudest moments as a father for me was when my daughter who is um, turning 16 next week, uh, when she was about 10, um, I was, I was making steaks for dinner. And when, when my 10 year old daughter asked for medium rare, that was yeah. one of the proudest moments of my life. And she's she's yeah. in the same boat. Even back when she was young, she she wanted anytime she had a birthday dinner, she didn't want to go to a pizza place or something like that. She wanted to go to uh, Hibachi. She wanted to go to Benihana or Osaka or one of the other Hibachi places in town. And she's still that way. But you know, let me, let me tell you what makes that good because, like, my dad, like, when, 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 you know, my dad's just like so old school. So, like, if he sees or he saw that I took him out to Capitol Grill, he's like, "What are you crazy?" You're taking kids to Capitol Grill, but like I'm trying to explain to him, I said, "Listen, 
if no one shows these girls how they should be taken out and what nice dinner mm. is, how are they how are they ever supposed to know because when yep. that dude comes at 16 17 18 and thinks a good night out kentucky fried chicken they'll be like what <laughs> right you know right i need to mm -hmm. show them the standards of what to aspire to right so they know what to expect when that time comes they won't just accept some mediocre guy who you know doesn't want to give them the things that i already see they enjoy now so they're gonna enjoy it as adults yeah. but you know i also I, I also they also understand that this is a privilege it's not a way of life right mm -hmm. i mean you know, they may go out to a dinner like that once every year, year and a half, maybe, you know, on vacation, we'll think somewhere nice. It's right. not an everyday occurrence for them, but these are the things that if you like it, you know, that's the way life can be for you. So, you know, you have to show them that, you know, when they have violin recitals, my daughter's playing violin since four years old. I bring her flowers. Yeah. Because that's how a man's supposed to be. If you learn that, if I show her that, then she'll realize that hey when i have these moments one day if i'm dating somebody he better bring me flowers yeah you know so you have to show them the standards yeah that's why i love the the uh the daddy daughter dance uh, my daughter ella and i we've gone to the daddy daughter dance i mean like i said she's turning 16 next week we've gone since i think she was five uh and we always do it right we we her mom takes her out and we uh, she gets her a brand new dress, new pair of shoes. Nice. She gets her hair done. I get dressed up, which I never, literally never do. The only day every year I get dressed up in a suit and tie is when I take my daughter to the <laughs> and I get her a Listen, flower and all the whole bit. I had three daughters that went to the same school at one point. I had to take all three at the same time to the father, you know, the father daughter dance. I think I went, I think I had to train that weekend. Just they, to get ready uh, for that. And here's the sad part about the world we live in now, and I don't want to go off the rails here, but they just canceled uh, the daddy-daughter dance. And I know why. Because, because of COVID? No. Mm -mm. Oh, don't tell me they see something's wrong with it now. Yeah. They Are you do. kidding me? Yeah. It's not inclusive enough. Yeah, so coming to a town near you... It's such... I'm sorry. It's it's horseshit. I'm just gonna say it. It's that's ridiculous. Anybody? Uh, yeah. It's and, and if that were to happen, so the place the places that I've always um, I, I just wait. I don't understand. What's not like? Are they, do they want like daddy sun dances? Is that what they're saying? I don't get it. Well, the I mean, there's that part of it, and then what if you don't have a daddy, or what if uh, um. um you know, and then we get into the gender topic. What if you don't identify as a daughter and all this craziness? It's so just all of that is all included, and it became too much of a an issue to. Uh, is that a local thing or is that a national thing? Well, I know it is local for me. I don't know if you guys are still having it or not, but well, it's always in in February, so I'll I'll find out. And we just got actually to now. I'm curious. I got to find out. Hey Petra, I got to find out now. The one, the one, uh, obviously the one in in. February earlier this year, you know, 10 months ago was canceled. Um, and I'm hoping they still have it uh, coming up in a few months here. Does your school have father daughter dances? Mm -hmm. Really? No. Huh. Kids don't have a father. Is that why? I mean, how about did they have father daughter dances at the Zane and Zara school? Or is that just something they did ideal? Yeah, and ours was ours yeah, was I, never I, at the school. Ours was at a church. 
It's at a local church and they've been doing it for yeah. apparently I, I've met people who I think they've been doing it for more than 20 years because I've met people there who, you know, bring their grown daughters and their grandchildren now who say they their their father brought them to this dance back, you know, 20 years ago. You know, um, and I understand. I just I am talked to them and there hasn't been one in a while. So, yeah, you guys okay. are right. They probably don't do them here anymore. I didn't and, even realize it. And I am super sympathetic to those who don't have fathers. And of course, you know, yeah. and um, and I get that piece. I still think there's room for it. I still think yeah. it's okay. Um, and I think there's also room to grow it or to, you know, if there's areas that need to be addressed, you know, and to, to figure it out. I think it's a special time for, uh, for young women. Yeah. So. Well, um, let's. But, but, but why can't, why can't, you know, I mean, look, if I was a single parent, right, uh, and, like, I was a mother, and they had a daddy-daughter dance, I would just go as the mom. 100%. Yeah. I mean, that's what I would do. I mean, look, not every, you can't cater everything to everybody's the same. I teach my kids no. that everything's not the same, and everything's not that's always right. going to be the same. And they ain't going to be the same for all of you. Yep. No. I, I, I'll be eating something, one day and my kids will come to me and say, hey, can I ask? I'm like, yeah, sure, here you go. And the next one, yeah. okay, I'm like, nope, no, <laughs> yeah. no. I already, I already gave the allocated amount. I prefer <laughs> to give away my food to that one child. And they'll be like, well, that's not fair. I'm like, that's the way life is. Sometimes she's gonna get it. Sometimes you might get it. Sometimes yeah. you both get it. Sometimes you none get it. So I mean, yeah, I mean, if I was a single mother, I would just take my kids as, as the father. I mean, I just yeah. don't think it's that. Sure. Yeah, I don't and think then- it's that. Dr- dramatic yeah and all the all the ones that i know of they have they have plenty of flexibility for you know anybody who wants to come in any form whether it's mother and daughter or whatever it is they they have it completely open to to different you know uh scenarios and as long as they don't as long as they don't cancel it all together I'm good I with think that. the more important lesson is to show the child resilience and say, look, it's a father yes. daughter dance, but you want to know what? We're not going to let that stop us. I'm right. going to take you as your monk, mother, or I'm going to have Uncle Bob take you. Or I'm yeah. gonna, I mean, it's good to show them that, hey, look, when there's a bump in the road, we just don't fall apart and say we can't do something. We still find a way to do it. I think it's, I yep. think that's the better lesson there. Yes, definitely. Definitely. I agree. Um, well, let's, let's shift a little bit back into cigars. And I'm curious because when, when you were on the, the cigar industry hive mind show with Charlie and skip and John, um, one of the things that was brought up and I want to, we didn't really dive was, into was it. Was I able, was I able to get a word in edgewise then? A little bit, a little okay. bit, but that's why I, I remember once. Ask- I remember once being between Saka and Steve, Skip Martin, like on the screen. I'm like, "All right, good night, everybody." Charlie, <laughs> Charlie, and Skip. Like, it was Charlie Minato yeah. and Skip. Yeah, I was like, I wasn't able. No, there was one time I was literally my 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 face on my screen was between Steve Saka and Skip Martin. It's like, okay, <laughs> I give up. Yeah, I'm exactly. Out. I'm done. So one of the things that was brought up, and and I specifically wanted to get more from you on this topic is, what is your philosophy when it comes to creating new cigar consumers oh you know creating new consumers is hard um 
how I've done it on a local level, you know, a lot harder on a national level, um, is through events, through store events, through the big smoke, through dinners. Um, it, look, the lure is never going to be the cigar. For, for you're talking about for creating people who just never smoked and you want to get them in the lifestyle, right? The lure yeah. is seldom ever going to be the cigar. That's the least likely lure, right? So exactly. when I had when I had my one nine hundred square foot store um, twenty five years ago, nine hundred square feet, right? And we used to do Saturday lunches. We had twenty six guys in a nine hundred square foot store. I mean, half of them had to sit outside half the time, right? That that we did a lunch club where one guy bought lunch for everybody, all 26 guys. You can bring whatever you want. No one would critique you. If you bought pizzas, you bought pizzas. One guy had a chef come in and cook food right on site. You know, just nobody cared. But we all ate together, 26 guys, every Saturday, right? And it became, and your name came up twice a year. So twice a year, you paid for everybody. The other 50 weeks, you ate for free, right? Yeah. And yeah. we looked forward to that Saturday. I'm not kidding you. Like it was Christmas every week. Hmm. We laughed, we ate, we had a good time. But people would see that. They'd be walking that, what, what's going on here? Oh, yeah, we do this every Saturday. You do this every Saturday? Yeah, we do this every Saturday. And I can't tell you how many times people would like show up the next Saturday and maybe have their first cigar. So it's it's always the the lifestyle or the experiences that will lure new people in because I've always said it. That's what attracted me most to this industry. It wasn't so much the product. The product was the product. Um, it was the cool things that were wrapped around this hobby that we all enjoy. That was cigar events and, you know, getting togethers and herfs as they called them back in the day. And mm. it was just awesome. It was really great. And, you know, those guys, those 26 guys, the ones that are still alive, you know, God rest their souls, the ones who aren't, um, the majority of them are all still like my best friends. Oh, like yeah. I'm still in touch with them from 25 years ago. You know, these are the first group of men I started associating with when I moved to Florida. So, um, yeah, it, it's always going to come down to experience weddings, right? Weddings. I can't tell you how many guys will have their first cigar at somebody's wedding or when somebody has a baby. Um so, you know, that's that's the path that I've always seen most effective in my career. You know, to make a sale or to do something, you, 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 it's going to be nice to the people who are already in the lifestyle and who already patronize you or not, but that's not going to compel somebody to say, hey, let me try this product. You know, usually an occasion, an event, a function. That's how I've seen more people get into the lifestyle than anything else. And do you run your brick and mortar different than your online? Do you see them as two totally different entities? They are two totally different entities in how they're run, but not in how we treat the customers. That That's one of the reasons why, for, for me, COVID was a renaissance. It revitalized me. Um, you know, I went from being the guy that had lunches with 26 guys every day where I used to never sit in the office. I used to always sit either at the bar or at one of the tables out on the floor because I'd like seeing everything. And then unfortunately, one of the downsides of growth and expansion is you have less free. Mm. Oh, no. Oh, we just lost Abe. 
Well, well, all I'll, right. I'll, uh, we will, I'll send him a text and we will try and get Abe back on. Um, oh, there oh, he, here is. he is. Don't know what happened. The app just quit. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, so that's one of the downsides is you don't have enough time anymore. And now sitting outside, you know, now, now I don't have time to like for everybody to come in and sit next to me and talk to me because I'm not getting my work done. So then I had to eventually move back in office and, and, um, the business side of it wasn't as fun for me as it was for a long time because I didn't have that interaction that first drew me to the business. And then when COVID happened and all of a sudden, you know, for six weeks we weren't working. And, and then even when we did go back to work, it was very minimalistic. And we're trying to figure out, well, how do we just keep some kind of revenue flowing? Um, and that's when we started our whereby channel, which, which it's still being used today. That room, you go in any given night, there's six, seven, eight, 10, 12 people in there. Um, but wow. that became a thing for me like every night because I wasn't working all day. So I was home all day with the wife and kids. So when yeah. everybody got out at seven, eight o'clock at night, it was all right. My family was sick of me by then. So I was able to stay on for three, four <laughs> hours every night, right? <laughs> you know, now I get home eight thirty, nine o'clock and I can't walk through the door and say, hey, I'm getting on the whereby. So now I don't get on it as much. But what social media has allowed me to do is I'm not constrained by business hours. I can be interactive, whether it's in our smoking social group, whether it's on Facebook at 9, 10, 11, 12, 1, 2 a.m., you know, because yeah. I, I don't sleep a lot. I sleep four or five hours a night. So um, it's allowed me to, it's really funny because it's not only has allowed me to reconnect and get excited and interact with these people now all over the country. My local people have now kind of gotten involved in the social media sites. So and now I'm actually interacting with my local people. Mm. through the you know our social media platform so um you know the way we try to interact with our patrons is really not much different in the store and the type of care and affection we'll have with them on a national level um but the way you do business is just different that's all mm -hmm. yeah well we want to definitely talk a little bit about the advent calendar project but mm. We're going to use that and we're going to lead it into, is it? I think so. I think it's time. It is now time for this week's Numero de los Muertos. And as always, Numero de los Muertos is brought to us by Smoke In. It's like a smile, smiling like favorite. 
No, I I have to say that spot is awesome. Your people who Thank put you. those spots together, that they're all good, but they that one in particular is just be the awesome. Best at Microsoft Paint, I have ever seen. <laughs> no, that's so. So, yeah. so before we get into Numero de los Muertos, I mean, we got a lot of great detail in that spot there, but uh, this project, first of all, has to be a ton of work. But I know so many people, us included, who are super excited about it. So give us the rundown. One of the coolest projects we ever worked on, and one of the probably the ones that caused me has caused me now the most grief ever. Um, coming up with that packaging because that that box is self-contained humidity, right? So it's going to keep the cigars fresh because that encounter technically is closed for thirty days, you know, twenty-five days or more. So. Um, Coming up with that packaging was a nightmare, but we wanted something cool because I, when I first came up with the idea, which was last September, I believe it was, to do an advent calendar, um, at that time, I thought nobody had ever done it. So I was all excited. I'm like, oh, we're going to be the first to do this. It's going to be awesome and all this stuff. I really wanted to get it out by last, last year, Christmas, but, you know, there was just no way that was happening. And then as I went around and started asking manufacturers to be involved, I started hearing, oh, Pete Johnson, well, I'm making one. And then Oliva said, we had one last year, didn't make it, we're going to do it this year. And I'm like, whoa, okay, I guess I guess we're not the first. But um, I, I am the only retailer I know that did it. And what's nice about ours is it's not single company driven, so there's actually 25 different cigar brands in there. Um, and that packaging is really like, I, I've seen some of the other advent calendars. I'm not putting them down, but you can just tell the amount of effort and care. I mean, that's a hard box. That's a heavy box. And um, everything was supposed to be here at the end of August. And it's still out in a boat outside Long Beach, floating around the ocean somewhere. So we've had 125,000 cigars. And we've had the packaging because when we ship this box it's going to go in a bubble wrap and then a special size box we had to buy and the space that we're just holding for the packaging takes up more room than the 125,000 cigars and i'm i'm calling every day and we're still we're still hoping the last we looked it's scheduled to be unloaded supposedly um november 10th so that would be in two days and then we don't know how long it takes to clear customs hoping maybe a couple of days and i've been calling every day I, I said look just tell me what it'll cost i don't care to see if we can get an exclusive transport so i don't want to go on a truck and then go to you know texas and then louisiana you know, yeah. I, I want to get on a truck and come straight to florida um yeah. it's just no one's no one has answers no one has answers so our, our we are we are ready and prepared we already have a plan if this thing does come off the boat on the 10th and it does get in transit and we can get it here before Thanksgiving, you know, 18th, 19th. Um, we got a team of four guys, uh, six guys, uh, three, two teams of three that are willing to work around the clock um, day and night and load these guys up and try to get them out. You know, Thanksgiving throws a little kink in the shipping time, but 
maybe worst case scenario they start landing at people's doorstep the first week of december you know but that's that's what we're just hoping for you know that these should have all have arrived end of august they should have been packed the whole month of september and then we were going to start selling them the middle of october and just let everybody have them early because they were humidified they would have been fine and uh that's just the reality of the world we live in and on that same container our, our new smoking ashtrays that were supposed to have arrived, the great smoke ashtrays, um, and uh, the, our blue boxes for our connoisseur club uh, for our subscription program. So that's all in the same container. We're just waiting to get it. Oh, man. So yeah. mind you now that uh, for all, you know, we talked about the great smoke earlier, but this year is the most epic great smoke package in the history of the 15 years we've been doing this. I mean, literally, this, this, this last luau party in a box is going to be the best package ever done in the whole year, you know, time we've ever done this. But I've paid triple now to make sure all the little components we have left is coming via air freight. I'm not even wasting time putting them on a boat. Right. So, you know, the cost literally was triple to ship a lot of this stuff. I'm like, ship it. Yeah. Yeah, man. Ship it. Well, we'll we'll be on the lookout for it, and and we encourage everybody to you know uh, stay tuned to uh, uh, to Abe's social media, to Smoke In social media, because because I know you guys are going to be constantly updating people, and you know because because your people want to know, and and you guys are v- always very good about keeping your customers updated. So everybody, we encourage you mm-hmm. stay stay tuned to their social media so you can know what's going on and be patient with them people this is a it's a it's a weird world we live in in the yeah. last couple of years so so when are you shipping them. when are you shipping yeah. that out <laughs> listen there there's a listen we have like 3600 people in our in our smoke and social facebook group yeah. and i'm like you know they're not all paying attention you know there's there's a handful of hardcore followers that know everything we do right but yeah. there's literally somebody who asks every other day whatever happened with the advent calendar where is it going on? I'm like, we're working on it. I'll text we're you. We're working on it. Yeah, I'll, te- I'll text you at 3 a.m. Hey, Abe, what about those advent calendars? <laughs> one, one, oh, one of those? Don't, don't don't think it hasn't happened. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. <laughs> sure I'm sure it has. It has. <laughs> so right. so let's do let's do episode 134, Numero de los Muertos. Garrett, what do you have for us this week? All right, got a low number. Okay, 27 Americans died between the years of 1968 and 1985 so total in that time span or average total. per year nope total and these 27 people it uh it ended up being a uh a lawsuit and that's all i'm i'm giving up for right now the official count is 27 is it between... done by some sort of accident yep between 1926 68 sorry 1968 and 85 85 1968 and 85 27 people died from this in the united states yes is it something that would happen in a building no all right so elevator crashes are up q says death by turkey or pumpkin yeah no no uh hot coffee nope um is it transportation related it is transportation related what's the year again because that has something to do with what's the year 68 and 85 so from 68 to 85 27 people died from this in the u.s 
So either they made it so that it stopped happening or that transportation stopped around 1985. Uh, it is It is certainly not flying a kite. It's not sporting events. I did do that one. Um, is it a form of public transportation? Mm-mm. Not That's public not. transportation. Um, is it riding any type of vehicle? Yes. Uh, well, two? what do you mean? Sorry, clarify. Is the accident in, in riding a vehicle, a bike, a train, an automobile, a plane? Or, you know? It is. Yep. Okay. Does it have two wheels? It does not. Does it have four wheels? It does. It is, uh, it is not death by coitus. <laughs> it is not a hot air balloon. Is, does, a, does a car have something to do with it? Yes. Okay, so it's a type of car accident. Airbag deaths. No, there were no airbags in 68. Seatbelts? Not seatbelts. Not horse carriage. Though I did see a TikTok where the Amish were drifting their carriages, which That's, is awesome. Yeah. Death by sunroof? Uh, no. Ooh, sunroof. That's a good guess. That is a good one. Golf cart accidents? Nope. Oh, golf carts. That's a good one, Alan. I didn't even think about it. I'm just thinking cars and trucks. It is, so it's a car. It's a car. Only 27 people, though, in that long of a time span. 68, is it, is, is, is it a street legal car? It is. Ooh, convertibles. It is not a convertible. Um, You're getting closer. T-tops? Uh, Quentin is getting closer with uh, the Gremlin. Oh, is it the is it the 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 Ford Pinto? It is the Pinto. So now the 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 time frame was actually 1970 to 74, but I thought that might have been too narrow, and it would have definitely gotten us there faster. Um, the the interesting part was, and I read a bunch about this now because it was fascinating. I thought 27 was pretty low. That's the official death count of, of the Ford Pinto. And if anybody here is under the age of 40, you probably have no idea what we're talking about. But the Ford Pinto was made so cheaply with an unreinforced gas tank that in rear end accidents, it could burst into flames. And uh, Ford knew this six months after the car left the factory and yet continue to produce it didn't say anything about it and lee iacocca has i mean just he said our our game plan was to just win in court later they knew they knew and uh that was that was the craziest imagine if something like that would have happened during the social media age oh my gosh seriously it would be a whole different ball game if something like that would have happened during the social media age. Yeah. So uh, yeah. officially on the books, 27 people died. Ford paid out uh, those 27 individuals, but I'm sure more had uh, had close calls or uh, yeah. And and the recall didn't even happen until '78. Wow. And there were still people dying up, up and through '85. Yes, but. Wow. Since since they had already settled, and since um, it was already kind of a done deal, um, 
the, the government didn't make them or force them to do a recall until 78. Yeah, the whole thing is crazy. That's insane. You got to wonder if there was some some cronyism between I mean, some of the big big execs at Ford and some how, some politicians. Just look at those stats. You know, just look at all of those facts that absolutely. Yeah, that's insane. They're in pockets for well, sure. Well, they have, they have a, I forget what that division is called, where like they assess it. Is it cheaper to recall it or is it cheaper to just pay the lawsuits? And oh, they yeah. Assess, they assess which which will cost them more. Yeah. And that, that was exactly the game plan early on when they said, we're just going to sit on it, wait for the lawsuit to happen, and we will mm. look to win in court. Wow. How sad is that? That's insane. Well, I don't think Ford, because Ford just recently re-released the Bronco. I don't see them re-releasing the Pinto anytime what? soon. No, no. <laughs> I, think that, I think that one's done. The all-electric Pinto? <laughs> the, yeah, the all-electric new Ford Pinto. Unless it comes in a can and served with rice, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right, so that was this week's Numero de los Muertos. All right, uh, so let's hit the lightning rounds. So, Abe, mm. if you could bring back any fashion trend from the past, mm. what would it be? Cavaricci pants. Z Cavaricci pants. Wow. Huh. That that is utter and pure sarcasm. Just want to let you know before you think I was okay. serious. I was just I was kind of sitting that on was, that waiting. That was like the funniest thing I could come up with. I mean, you know, Z Cavariti <laughs> pants. Um, God, God, those I'm are glad God. that was sarcasm. Um, oh yes. Um, I don't know. I'm such an unfashionable guy. A fashion trend that would come back. Yeah, clueless. No. <laughs> well, That's all right. Yeah. What, what are fashion trends? I wouldn't even know. Bell bottoms. That's about all I know. Bell bottoms. I mean. You know, uh, bell bottoms kind of have they, listen, they have all, an ebb and flow. All, all, all the fashion trends I know are the stuff people don't like the bell bottoms, the leg warmers from the 80s, uh, you know, the big hair from the 80s. It's, it's all the bad stuff. I don't know any of the good fashion trends. Yeah, backwards clothes, backwards in the clothes, crisscross. Yep, that was is so that bad. what it was? Did people actually that? that? Yeah, thankfully that lasted about three months. Yeah, I could I could more give you a list of more fashion trends that just go away and never come back. That's an easier question. Yeah, Z Cavaricci yeah, pants. That's one. Z Cavaricci pants is one, and you know the wearing of your pants where they like below your butt line. I don't get that. Yeah, is that still a thing? I, I still I see it, man. I do. You still see it. I still see it on that man. Guy just walk around in his underwear, playing his day, and his pants belted around like his hips. I'm like, okay, yeah. that works. I don't, you know, if you think how that's that not give you hip problems later. Yeah, doesn't. How do your pants just not fall to the ground? Yeah, I, it's like it's like anti gravity. I don't get it, but it's all right. <laughs> all right. Uh, so Abe, who was your biggest? Uh, celebrity crush when you were a teenager or a kid? Oh, I had a few. Kind of just depends what year it was. Yeah, give us a few of the oh, the, the notable. Early. Ones. How old are you guys? 
I'm 50. Garrett is 43. Uh, Matt, you might know this one. I think my first one was Aaron Gray. Aaron, the name sounds familiar, yeah, but I'm not. See, I'm not, shame on you. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's not ringing a bell. Okay. I mean, the, the name. Two, two famous, famous TV shows. Um, Buck Rogers, the 25th century. Oh, oh yes. yeah. Yes. And if yes. you're really good, you'll tell me what the other show that she was on that was very famous. Um, I don't, but I do. I will say this. Silver I, spoons. Silver spoons. Yes. Oh, she was the mom in silver she was, spoons. Yes. So she wasn't the mom. She wasn't the mom. The mom. Yeah. She was. She was the assistant to the, the boss. Yeah, yeah. But, so yes, Buck Rogers. Her in that in that silver spandex outfit. Oh, Rogers, yeah. dude. Yeah, that was. Then, then it was. Um, I can't remember the week actor, but I think it was Heather Lock. No, not Heather Lockner. Uh, Heather, Heather Thomas, Thomas on the fall, the guy. fall guy. Yes. yes. Then, yes I, I had her. I had her big poster in the pink bikini on my wall. That's the same one I had in the hot tub, yeah. right? Yeah. Yep. Like her legs coming out or something like that. Yep. Yeah, I had the exact same one. And then it was Kelly LeBrock from Weird Science. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Kelly LeBrock. I had a little stick for growing up. Um, I, I, those are the three that come to mind from childhood. So if you were suddenly a billionaire, what would be the first unnecessary thing you would spend your money on? After you've saved all the whales. Yeah. And after you've cured world hunger and saved all the whales and and paid off the national debt. I'm joking, of course, but what would be the first unnecessary thing you would buy? Is a house unnecessary? Um, Well, we, we have know, a house. It's not necessary. We need another one. Yeah, no. I, yeah, I'd say that's... Yeah, if you already have a place to live, then, yeah. then a second house yeah. or a third house. Yeah, it would be a house. I mean, I, I mean, look, that's the place where you spend the most time with your family. So I would just, like, dupe up a house. Like, badass, like, you know, you know, Dubai-style, like, stupid mm. house. Yeah. Alan says, the Miami Heat. I would rethink that investment if I were you, Alan. No, I think I would just have a cool ass house. Yeah. He would buy a helicopter. <laughs> that he would not do. That he would not do. <laughs> Only those on the inside know how funny that is. Yeah. That was nope. numero de los muertos on our last. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Don't do yeah. helicopters. No, no helicopters. Um, <laughs> so. So that was the lightning round. Let's move into uh, this week's Notable Smokable. And as always, on How About That Cigar, Notable Smokable is brought to us by our friends at Ace Prime Cigars. Notable cigars, notable passion, notable purpose. Uh, So, Abe, you remember from last time, each week we name a cigar that was interesting to us. It could be something that's, uh, that's been on the market for years that we just revisited for the first time in a while. Or it could be a brand new cigar that we had never tried before. Uh, what's something you've smoked recently that kind of caught your attention? Ooh, that's a good question. Something I've smoked recently that caught my attention. God, I'm smoking so much stuff lately. Um, I got to cheat a little bit. Yeah, while you're cheating, I'll go. 
Um, my notable this week was the McAuliffe Lancero that uh, we got from Dan Thompson. Oh, and yeah. The, the full Lancero or the little petite? No, the full Lancero. Okay. I haven't smoked that one yet. I haven't smoked that. So, Dan, again, thank you for, for sending us those. I haven't smoked them, but the petite one that was for International Women's Day. Yeah. That cigar. That's good. Is really good. I really enjoyed that cigar very much. I've smoked a couple cigars, but I can't talk about them that really got my attention. Well, um, one that maybe you can talk about is one you sent us the graphic for. Yes, that one I can talk about actually because I have a couple. We we have a couple TGS releases, so I've been doing a lot of smoking of those. We have five manufacturers who have made a specific um, cigar for for the TGS release, so I don't want to really talk about them. It's kind of what I've been smoking a lot lately. In fact. Um, one of them I'm really in love with, but I can't really talk about yet. But I did have on our KMA show last Saturday. It's one of our, uh, it's a special release. There's only 200 boxes made that I'm dropping it this Wednesday. Um, today's Monday, so the day after tomorrow. Uh, there's only 200 boxes made. It was um, Kevin from Cigar Prop wanted to do his first like, branded project. He worked with Exponosa Cigars. It's called Back in Black. And this is a Habana and, and Broadleaf um no, San Andreas, sorry. Tabano and San Andreas was two dark wrapper barber pole. You can kind of see mm. it in the picture there. Yeah. I kind of enjoyed it. It was more unique than I thought it was going to be. Um, I had it during the KMA show, um, and I kind of had it once when we first got them in. Um, that kind of impressed me, but I'm trying to give people um, something that I've smoked this week that really struck a chord with me um oh, i tell you what i had the david go uh, i had the uh david um the new connecticut foundation kind of impressed with that uh Ooh. you know because they he released it he just released some in in a connecticut instead of a broadleaf yeah um enjoyed it very 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 uh cool variation up from the original uh rapper so that was something I had this week that was very, very nice. Good. Uh, my notable was the, I'm going to butcher this name, but the Desvalido from Dapper Cigars. Um, Dapper is a brand that's um, impressed me the last few years. And this one, when I was at uh, Omar's shop, Ramsey Smoke Shop uh, here in the area. Um, and I, I always trust his palate. He gives me recommendations. And I had that's one of the Dapper Cigars I had not tried. And he said he enjoyed it, so I picked one up and smoked it actually at the shop. And uh, very nice blend. Yeah. Very nice blend. It's bold, but still had some really good smoothness to it. Uh, so check that one out if you guys are uh, if you guys find that at your local shop. So that was this week's Notable Smokable, brought to us by Ace Prime, improving lives through fine cigars. Visit aceprime.com to learn more. So to give our viewers and listeners an idea of some very cool stuff we have coming up very soon. Next week on the 15th, we have Joe Grow from Drew Estate. And the following Monday night on the 22nd, we have none other than Miguel Shodell from Crowned Heads. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Um, and so, Abe, give all our viewers and listeners uh, another, where's the best place for them to keep up with everything going on with Smoke In? 
So if you want to keep up with everything going on smoking, just go to our website, sign up for our emails. If you just want like a laid back version of everything going on or follow our smoking Facebook page. But if you really want an interactive experience, kind of stuff I was talking about earlier, where you get to interact with me personally and my team and a lot of other crew members, we have a private Facebook group, Smoking Social. Check it out. Honestly, we have the most fun in that group. We do contests every month. And listen, the people have just taken over it. I mean, look, when you do something... The, this these social experiments as i like to call them is like a seed right you plant it you put it in there you feed it you water it you just hope it grows and develops that's kind of what happened um alan rubin who i know is watching this show he, he started his own saturday night live where they get by in the whereby and he they're doing it on their own and they're doing bombs on their own and they're just interacting on their own it's just such a wonderful thing to see just the whole experience just become more than just about cigars and um that's really where we'll do special drops when we get stuff that's rare not enough to send out masks we, we'll just we'll drop it in our social group so if you really want an interactive experience and not just get an email with updates and stuff which you can um check out our smoking social facebook page it's, it's actually a fun place to be and uh just so something i watched recently was the the death nut challenge that you did um, <laughs> you guys if you just if you so once you get into the the smoke in social page on Facebook, search that page for Death Nut Challenge or just Death Nut. And the last video was freaking hilarious. Yes. Yeah, we had that streak where they were just doing hot things and they, they now nobody wants to do it. But yeah, I think a death nut challenge might have been the last. So I, I well, I would like to to request we bring that back. So, especially aj who is uh such a champ uh because that was just top shelf entertainment that was we good had stuff some good moments we had the whole soccer smoking feud that went on for two days we had fun times that's what it's about that's what yeah. people remember those videos you know yeah the, the soccer smoking war that went over a whole weekend you know that, yeah. that's what that's what people are gonna remember and laugh about Yep, absolutely. So, Abe, thank you so much for. Uh, I know this was kind of a last minute thing you filling in for us this evening, uh, and and we really appreciate your time. We're excited. You have some obviously some great stuff coming up as you always do, uh, and and you know for us here at How About That Cigar, uh, we appreciate everything you do, and you know we look forward to uh, no. talking again real soon. Thank you for having me as always, and if anybody's out there listening. Um, a couple things. Uh, if you pre-ordered the Red Meat Lovers Club, those are gonna you'll be getting an email soon. We're gonna update people probably this week once we know. I know they've shipped once it arrives at the warehouse. All the people pre-ordered. If you didn't pre-order, don't worry. We ordered extra. We got back in black dropping on Wednesday. And most importantly, the great smoke tickets. This is the event of the century, I promise you. Just check out the website on November this Friday, November 12th and just look at it and if that doesn't make you say hey i have to be involved in this then there's no event you'll ever want to do <laughs> well uh and, and abe hang out in the green room with us just for two minutes after we're off the air um and thanks again so much for being on the show um so for our viewers and listeners guys as always we are so grateful to you for watching and listening um if you guys have questions for garrett or myself make sure to email us on the website howaboutthatcigar.com Follow us on all social media at HBT Cigar. And of course, as always, 
Burn Cigars. Not Bridges. See you guys. Thank you. Thanks, everyone.